The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. Pete Wedderburn, better known as Pete the Vet. Pete, how are you? Good morning, Anton. We have loads of ones, some of them very strange. There is one in particular that I want to ask you about, which is, you know, that that joke about I, I went, never, never mind, sorry, I'll move on. Please ask <laughs> Pete, is there anything I can do with my two-year-old male Shih Tzu who continues to be very anxious? He won't let anyone take him for a walk. If a ball is thrown, he'll only give it back to me, not the person who threw the ball. And now at work, he started growling and running at men along the corridor, even though he's nervous of them. Any advice, please? I've done the drug training, etc. Says Katie. Well, this sounds like an absolutely classic example of a COVID puppy. And we're seeing a lot of them right now. So this dog would have been born in 21 when we were right at that time of... Um, there was kind of lockdowns. There was we weren't allowed to socialise as much, and people tended to retreat to their homes with their dogs, you know, and their families, their close families. And what they sort of get hot houses to one person. Is so what it? happens is what what a lot of people don't realise is that there's a critical socialisation period for dogs, critical, which is between birth uh, and and about um, sixteen weeks of age. So not to four months. You know, you probably heard about children who get lost in jungle and they grow up and if they get to like eight years of age or something, they can never learn to talk because they got past the stage of language formation or whatever. Now, what happens with dogs is if they're isolated up to four months of age, if they don't get enough socialisation, for the rest of their lives, they have challenges in socialising. And that's includes what you're saying here. That doesn't and mean what, that nothing they, can they be done. They don't read the signals from other dogs or they misinterpret it. Is, is it they, that kind of thing? Well, no, they're just, they're just fearful. The biggest issue is they're fearful and anxious. And what people don't realise is that fear and anxiety very commonly lead to aggression. Because if a dog is, is very frightened of something and it can't get away, its response is to be aggressive in the hope that the thing that they're frightened of will will move away from them. Well, we might actually be onto a bit of a pattern because the text right mm. beside that one says we have a two, two-year-old, so the same yeah. period around COVID, yeah. two-year-old uh, nervous King Charles um, Terrier, or rather Spaniel, who's healthy and fun, but when we leave the house, he refuses to walk. He's afraid of cars and other dogs. People asking if he is a rescue because if we meet anyone, he cringes. Yes, and it's not not to do with the rescue dogs, it's to do with dogs that were poorly socialised when they were very young. And that includes factory farmed dogs, you know, dogs that were bred in an environment where there wasn't enough attention from a, from people near to them. Um, and the thing is that things can be done, but pe- and a lot of this is education. A lot of people just don't know what to do. And so they accidentally make things much worse by, by doing what seems intuitively right, but in actual practice, which is wrong. So the best thing people can do in these situations is to, to, to get educated. And the best way to do that is one-to-one education with a really good behaviorist, with a good dog behaviorist. I know this lady's person says they've done dog training, but basically you, you need to learn what to do to help an anxious dog. And in some cases, that can involve going on to anti-anxiety medication. And there's Is that a, a very of, last um, step? Or I is don't that... think so at all. No, no, that would be something you do quite early on. But you have to do it quite carefully in conjunction with a good behaviourist and a vet working with the behaviourist. Because behaviorist, Is that a very expensive process? Yes, it is. It is. The whole process is expensive. And that's one of the issues. And it's one of the reasons why dog rescues around the country are 
overflowing at the moment because people are surrendering their dogs because, first of all, they can't cope with the, the behavioural issues often. Secondly, they can't cope with the financial issues. because Which are vast. When you st- when Even just food bills, never mind medical bills, get very significant for a, a large dog. They do. And if, and if you have a, a large dog with a problem like this, a behavioural problem that does need a big input of time and money and commitment to get it fixed, you can see why people give up. We have a very healthy 15-month-old Frenchie. My husband and I have differing opinions on whether to neuter or not. His behaviour is quite bold. I'm assuming we're still talking about the Frenchie as opposed to the husband, (laughs) with jumping up on guests that come in. He also humps guests. I really hope it's the Frenchie and one of of the family members. Um, There's also more detail that I'm going to give on air. Any advice would be appreciated. Frenchie mom in Cork. (laughs) There's so much misunderstanding about this neutering thing, right? Neutering doesn't make a boisterous dog into a, a calm, soft, friendly, Even chilled a bit. out. No, wait, it doesn't do that, okay? But specifically, what neutering does, it is castration. It removes the testicles and at the same time, it removes the male hormones. What that means is it removes the behavioural effect of the male hormones. So it's really good at stopping humping because humping is driven by male hormones. So if you've got a dog that's showing behaviour that's male hormone driven, and that can include humping, and it can also include cocking their leg in the corner of the room as they come to a new house. Or um, peeing on every lamppost they see, so a walk takes three years. Exactly. Male behaviour is reduced by castration. So if your dog has got male behaviour that you find difficult, and I think that does include humping guests, um, then... I'm um, sure the guests find it difficult. Yeah, then, you know, get out get out the scalpel blade and get it sorted. Uh, did you tell me that in Finland it's illegal to neuter animals? In Norway. Norway, sorry. Indeed, it's seen because as a mutilation. It's seen as taking away their animal rights, you know, their, as in human rights, animal rights. They, like, you know, they have a right to have a, um, their, their, their sex hormones and enjoy whatever they enjoy. And they don't like the idea that you take those away from them. But in most other countries, nearly every country in the world... The ideology is totally the opposite. We kind of go, look, animals have to fit in with, with a society around them. And if they're if they're hormone-driven behaviour, be it coming into season, be it um, humping things, well then it's better to get them spayed and neutered. Not to mention population control, because there's a big issue, as you know, with overpopulation of dogs, and spaying and neutering makes a huge difference to helping. And if I remember rightly, you've told me before that uh, neutering also has an impact in terms of uh, early onset cancers and the, the does, long-term health, doesn't um, it? For it, the effect on, on health is complex, but we're getting to know much more about it with big data coming in from um, analysis of lots and lots of uh, computerised veterinary records around the world. What we know is it dramatically reduces the most common cancers, such as um, breast cancer in female dogs, is almost completely eliminated if you spay them before their first season. But we also know that um, it does increase the risk of some cancers if it's done too young in some breeds of dogs, like in giant breeds of dogs. Um, if they're um, neutered before they're 18 months of age, it can increase the risk of osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer that's relatively common. So like, all this is really complex. And what it means is the best answer is to talk to your vet and you know, get an individualised response from your vet on, on, uh, on your particular dog. That's the only way forwards. Pete, thank you as always. That is Pete Wedderburn, otherwise known as Pete the Vet. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.